You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 199. Holy smokes. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, a fiduciary, and a wealth advisor, and it is great to be with you today. And today's episode is Are You Smart? You know, before we get to the topic of the day, When I was young, I hung out with some pretty smart people. Well, to be honest with you, I still hang out with some really smart people, starting with my wife, who is amazingly smart and now has entered her PhD program. Congratulations, baby. But man, I've hung out in high school, grade school with some really smart people. Here was the problem. I didn't get good grades. I mean, these people, my friends, they were getting straight A's. They were having competitions on who was getting better grades. They could memorize facts like nobody else's business. They were in the APA classes. I was not. They got accepted into just about any college they wanted to go to, and I was accepted in one. Now, a little disclaimer here. I was into sports and girls more than I was school, and I never applied myself in my younger years. I think I spoke about this on a previous podcast. It's tough to tell since we're in episode 199. How crazy is that? But anyway, I wasn't ever feeling really smart when I was young. I had a complex about it. I mean, if you're hanging out with a bunch of smart people, and you don't feel smart about yourself, man, you develop a complex. I never felt smart. If someone asked me, Scott, are you smart? I would just laugh in their face. That was a long time ago, but I definitely had a complex. So here's my question to you. Are you smart? Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Are you smart? Let's get into this. I already told you about my complex. Maybe you do have a complex. Maybe you don't. But I think what I was missing back in school was what it really meant to be smart. And to be honest with you, now that I've come to full realization what I believe to be smart, I'm not sure any of me and my high school buddies were smart at all. Or smart has changed. The world has changed. Smart is no longer memorization. Memorization isn't worth much. You think about Jeopardy and these people that just know all these 
facts. How much is it actually worth? Back in the day, a whole lot, I think. Today, I'm not quite sure. Smart is no longer the access to information. Everyone has that. I can pull out my phone and look up anything. Back in the day, memorization counted for something. I'm not sure it's worth that much right now. So what we're going to do today is talk about the six traits that I believe make a up a smart person in today's world. Now, truth be told, I read a bunch of articles, I read a bunch of books, I took some information. A lot of these traits came from Seth Godin. He has a lot of other traits, but let's talk about the six that I think, my opinion, are the most important. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. You may have some other traits that you feel like make up a smart person. This is my opinion. But this is also the opinion of a lot of different books that I'm seeing, people reading, that I've read. So I think it's something we ought to pay attention to. Why? Well, if we're smart, we might be able to create a bigger shovel, as Dave Ramsey would say. And the bigger shovel represents a larger income so we can reach our goals faster, our financial goals. And I don't know about you, but I want to be smart. Don't you want to be smart? Let's look at the six straights. Number one, reading the room. Reading the room. The ability to assess how individuals are acting as well as the general temperature of the room. And to develop relationships and avoid conflicts accordingly. Can you sit in a room? and quickly figure out if the person loves you or really can't stand you. This, what's so cool about this, is the whole memorization thing, I was never going to get. My attention span was never long enough to really memorize facts. I didn't believe, well, I probably could have got a little better at the skill, but it's not really an acquired skill. Reading the room is. Deborah Tanahan is a master at explaining this in practical terms. She's written books such as You Just Don't Understand and That's Not What I Meant. And I'll put those links in the show notes at bestandwealth.com. Look for episode number 199. But things like learning to read body language and facial expressions helps you know where you stand. That way, when it comes time, For the next steps at the end of a meeting, you'll know whether to follow up or not because body language and facial expressions mean so much. And I have seen too many young kids come out of college, enter a meeting room, acting like they know everything thinking they're the best thing in this room because they're trying to hammer down with smart words. But if they could only read the room, they wouldn't be so confident. And instead, they would take time to build relationships. It all starts with relationships. And when I look back 
at grade school and high school and even college, I don't remember, maybe it's just because I wasn't paying attention, learning about building relationships, learning about building or being able to read the room. And the biggest takeaway about this is all of these traits are acquired skills. You can acquire them. You can work to be better by reading some of these authors that I'm going to mention in these other traits. Trait number two, in my opinion, of what it takes to be a really smart person in today's world is fast decision making. I know (laughs) this is kind of self-explanatory. But making fast decisions well is what needs to be learned. The average person is like a slow-moving dinosaur when it comes to making a decision. Ask them to make a decision and they first hesitate. Then they become overwhelmed with fear. Then they have to call their husband or wife. Then they need days or weeks to think about it. And that slows things down. The world is fast-paced, very fast-paced. If you can't make a decision, someone else will. And who is the master at helping acquire this skill? Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss uses a pros and cons list with every decision. Use it to get a super clear picture. Then use logic. Now, It's not always about the pros and the cons. You can look at pros and cons. You need to write them down, but it goes further than that. Once those pros and cons are written down, you need logic, you need your gut feeling, and finally, you need courage to decide. And remember, the biggest thing about decisions is not making a decision is a decision. Like I said earlier, my wife is getting her PhD. One of the books that she was told to read or has to read as part of the curriculum is a book called Creativity Inc. by Ed Cantmull. He talks about failing fast and failing early. He talks in the book about just doing something. Start making your mistakes now so you get better as time goes on. Instead of waiting to make that decision until everything is perfect or it will never happen. Take me for example. If I was going to wait for everything to be perfect in order to start Fortress Planning Group, my financial advisory business that I started in 2011, it still wouldn't be started and it's 2022 right now. You have to just start and fail and learn and start again. Trait number three, in my opinion, that makes a really smart person is saving time. Oh, I am not good at this. Let me tell you, I need to acquire this skill. It's self-explanatory, and we don't have time to spend on everything we need to do and know. That's the problem. We can't spend our time on everything we need to do and know. Life, oh, life, especially when you're working a job, have kids, etc. It has become so complex. But thanks to technology, people who can save us time are more valuable than a really expensive Rolex watch. This is why we do things like buy online courses. So, online courses, in my opinion, or at least a lot of them, 
basically bring all the information together in a real easy format so you can take it in quickly. And you might pay 50 bucks, 500 bucks, 5,000 bucks for an online course where you could actually dig really deep and find all of the information scattered around the internet and bring it all together. But you have to try and figure out what does that cost you all of that time? Because it's not because we can't find the information ourselves. It's because no one has the time to scour the internet for 12 hours per day to learn the best insights on a topic that we need to learn about. There are a ton of apps and courses and even systems for organizing and doing because we're all desperate to save time because none of us has enough time. And you can save other people's time when you're speaking with them or influencing them is get to the point. Man, I hope my mother-in-law doesn't listen to this podcast. But my mother-in-law, she could tell me, so she could get to the point. She could get to the point of telling me that she got a dollar off Oreo cookies today when the coupon was only 50 cents and they doubled it. And so she's the happiest person in the world. She could probably tell me that in about a minute or less, but she doesn't do it that way. Her storytelling takes 20 minutes to tell me that she got a buck off Oreos and that she got a deal. I love my mother-in-law to death, but you need to save other people's time by getting to the point and selling the value of all your work through how much time it saves. I'm a financial planner. There are things that people can do themselves. There's all kinds of do-it-yourself people out there that do not hire a financial advisor. Now, I think that's detrimental to their wealth. Because I think there's a lot of things that do-it-yourselfers aren't doing. However, one thing we know for sure is that whatever they're doing, we can save that time by taking that off their plate. Sell the value of your work through how much time it saves the people that are buying your service or product. There's a guy named David Allen who has a getting things done mythology. And I believe in his getting things done, his GTD. All right, number four trait that makes a very smart person is self-awareness. Remember Socrates? I don't because I wasn't listening in class and I didn't memorize all of the scholars. But Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. Here's what I want you to do, family stewards. Reflect on who you are, your strengths, your flaws, and everything in between. Learn everything there is about you. The personal effectiveness is the foundation on which to build all of these other smart traits that I'm talking about. There are people, books, and courses to help you get there. My go-to, and I've done a podcast on it a long time ago, is the 30-year-old book, Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Let's examine ourselves because we're lying to ourselves all the time. Self-awareness helps us look in the mirror. The way to become more self-aware is to write down your beliefs, write down your values, spend time auditing yourself against those standards and be truthful with the answers. 
Our self-awareness determines our behavior and our feelings. If you're feeling crappy a bunch of the time, it's because you're not living your own truth. You're living a lie. You're trying to be something that you're not. Let's figure out who we are. Let's stand for something and then hold ourselves accountable. And this will build the foundation for all the other traits that we're talking about. Such as trait number five, personal responsibility. I mean, at the heart of it all, this is being mature, plain and simple, being mature, owning your responsibility rather than putting the blame on others. Does this not happen over and over again with people that you know? The victim mentality is an epidemic of epic proportions. I strongly believe that. I strongly believe institutions and governments have taught us all to be victims and think we've been oppressed based on some petty little human trait. And the big problem with living as a victim is you blame all of your problems on someone or something else. So there's zero accountability. And if we're living without accountability, We will never be strong. We will never be liberating. If we're always saying it's everyone's fault and there's nothing you can do, you're not going to do anything. But let me tell you, family steward, yes, there is. There's always something you can do. So stop outsourcing your happiness to excuses. We have to own our happiness. And I am very much well aware that mental health is real and it exists. But if we own our problems in our life, even if we didn't 100% create them, that's how you unlock personal power and reach a level of success in life most normal people couldn't even dream of. I'm serious. You, family steward, you are in control. Finally, the last trait that I believe. And is my opinion that will make you smart is non-ego leadership. This is all about being proactive and responsible. When leading others formally or informally, this is about caring for, even serving your subordinates, your customers, your readers, your family. I don't think modern leadership is real leadership. It's pretend leadership. People celebrate mediocrity. People want to be seen doing the right thing, but they're not really doing the right thing. People give fake, nice compliments. People apologize for every tiny thing. People obsess over status and job titles. And people brag about how much money they're making and all of these different traits about modern leadership that are fake, they all exist to feed our ego. And then our belief is that we're special. They're selfish things that we do for personal gain. So what's real leadership? Non-ego leadership. Real non-ego leadership is unselfishness. Think about people like Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, These heroes were never trying to win awards. They're trying to help humans live better lives. And they don't care if they get 
anything for it. They just do it. Now, some of us, we're not leaders in our job, but we lead in certain ways. We lead our family. This weekend is 4th of July weekend. We might be with family or friends. We all can act as informal leaders, and we do. We run in and out of leadership. Let's, as family stewards, practice non-ego leadership. Memorization and access to information no longer mean anything. If you value these things, it's time to change. Smart, ambitious, hardworking people focus on soft skills, unselfishness, the way the online world works, valuing time and owning our lives, taking responsibility. Let's review the six traits and let's as family stewards be the smartest people in the room by number one, reading the room. Number two, being a fast decision maker. Number three, saving time so we have more time for our family and our friends and the cornerstones of our life. Being self-aware, knowing truly who we are because when we do, it opens the door. Being personally responsible for our own lives and know that we can create change. We are not victims in any of this. And finally, non-ego relationships. How many of these do you feel that you possess? One of them? Many of them? What is it, Family Steward? What is it for you? What are you going to work on? I know what I'm going to work on. I'm going to work on saving time because I want to spend more time with my family and my friends. I love my job. I love what I do. I have great days, but I know that I waste time and I want to work on that. I want to work on being a better non-ego leader because that's another trait that I need to work on. But here's what I do know. Now that I know what real leadership is, or being smart, I should say, what is being smart? Now I know it was all fake news when I didn't think I was smart. That's all the time I have, my friends. I will see you all on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.